should know after being married to a musician that you have to speak into the mic. Right. It feels, these, a, feels the, a little intimidating, man. These mics are, I, I think Olivia would know this, but like these particular mics, these are SM7Bs. SM7Bs. Yeah, and they're, they're most famously known to be the mics that Michael Jackson used on Thriller. Are you serious? Yeah, so they are pretty much uh, some of the best broadcasting, podcasting mics you can buy when you look on YouTube, when you... Olivia yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. We need to take a shot of this. I did. I did want to get some pictures at the end to um, Sweet. to honor um, this rare occasion <laughs> to hang out. You're pretty good because uh, you've convinced me and Elizabeth. It sounds like both of us. Yeah. To be here. this is impressive. Yeah. I'll just, all I <clears throat> will say is if I have to talk for 90 minutes straight, well, it's going to be it. No, I mean, hopefully we'll get an hour in. And okay. I, well, first of all, I really appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. And uh, this is just a lot of fun for me. I think one of the biggest reasons why I do this is to really just, um, like, I want I want an excuse to have, like, just good conversations with people mm -hmm. that I respect and yeah. admire. And it's just a great opportunity. Let's, let's not just have a conversation. Let's put it on a podcast. So it's, it's super fun. <laughs> See, I'd rather like, let's have a conversation nobody else hears, but you're like, let's let everybody listen to it. Well, <clears throat> by the way, anything okay. that you say on this podcast, uh, you know, court of public opinion, you know. <laughs> so I will keep my answers brief. <laughs> no, that's not what I want. Point. No, I want you to be authentic. I want, and, and by the way, like, I want this to be more conversational. I have a, a lot of questions that I want to ask you, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, feel free. Feel free to take it wherever you want to go. Interrupt me. Ask me any any questions. It's up to you how you want this. So, um, I'll try to make it as <laughs> as as comfortable and entertaining as possible. <laughs> okay. What What did you get, by the way? Mm. Uh, dirty chai. Dirty chai. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm so glad that you don't say dirty chai tea. Yeah, because oh, you're saying. Do people say chai tea? Yeah, because chai tea is T T. Yeah, that would be somebody <laughs> coming from not from the Northwest. So, you just called something the same thing twice. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Dirty chai tea tea, chai chai. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, October 29th, ninth, twenty eighteen. This is an educated life, and this is a higher education podcast focused on life outside the classroom. We talk about stories. We talk about people. We talk about the relevant issues and today i am joined by a very special guest dean mark Potthoff. how are you mark i'm doing well it's great to be with you today man it's so good to be with you i was debating whether you liked the dean title more or the deputy title more i was wondering <laughs> i don't like either <laughs> i'd rather i'm not much of a titles person people that know me well yeah. know that yeah no I, I appreciate that about you you always introduce yourself as mark or the Mark Potoff, depending on your mood, right? Yeah, a lot of people just called me by my last name, Potoff, which was great, but not as many anymore. I don't know why that is, but oh, yeah. you, you've noticed a shift in I, yeah. how many people actually call you by your last yeah. name. Yeah, people used to call me just Potoff all the time, and anymore they some people do, but mm -hmm. not as many. Mm -hmm. So some people call me Mr. Potoff, some students, and I have to politely correct them because I don't want to. I mean, they can call me Mr. Potoff if they want, but Potoff's great. I don't think that is there a culture here on campus where someone not knowing you or int like introducing themselves for the first time know that you are the dean of students and say dean 
Do, uh, do students call you Dean ever? I don't. Not that I can remember. So it's not. It's not really part of the culture he, no, here. No. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about you and being the dean of students. I like calling you Dean. Is that okay if I call you, you Dean you multiple can. times throughout just, this podcast? Just in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, how was your weekend? Uh, it was great. Yeah, we had a great weekend. So, very fun. Good time with family and time at church yesterday and kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh, one of your daughter's birth recently, birthday, yes, right? Yes. Caselyn yeah. turned Caselyn. 11. That's right. So, yes. And, and Olivia sang at a Trailblazers game. Yes, she on uh, last Monday night, a week ago, she wow. uh, sang the national anthem at the Blazers versus Washington Wizards game. Totally. So that was really fun. I don't, I mean, you don't have to answer this because uh, it might be personal, but how did she get connected to doing those things? Because she's done that before too, right? She does that pretty regularly. Yeah, she um, a year ago uh, she wanted to try. I guess you can try out by sending in a. I don't even know what she sent in, but basically sending something into the Blazers saying, yes, I'd like yeah. to sing the national anthem. Yeah. And it goes into the cyberspace abyss. And it, and for months she didn't hear anything. And then uh, many, many months later they called her and said, hey, yeah, we'd love to have you come. And so so that was cool because then she got an in connection with them. And then they called her to do the PK-80 Phil Knight um, uh, college basketball tournament that also happened in Portland at the cool. Moda Center and yeah. at the Coliseum. Um, yeah last year and then so she got reconnected with him again um this year so uh yeah it's great i love that she has those opportunities so yeah what i love about um your wife is that you can tell that she's so passionate about music incredibly gifted um i mean i don't know if i've ever said this to you but like honestly journey and just like how she leads that part of the ministry is pretty amazing yeah like i think she does a, a better almost like more professional i know that's not the end all be all but like it's so professional it's so i mean i, I got to play with her actually once yeah. um she does it better than like than some of my previous experiences in chicago mm -hmm. like these big name churches yeah. um with huge congregations multiple mm -hmm. sites and campuses and i'm like the quality that olivia brings um to church is just astounding yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, she she's very gifted, obviously. Of course, I'm biased, but um, oh, yeah, man. she's amazing. It'd be fun for you and her to connect sometime just to talk about yeah. kind of that part of her story and how yeah, she wants she wants to make it as 100% worship, but 100% um, professional too, and making it a, yeah. an amazing experience for yeah. people. So, well, and yeah. this is, that's a good segue because I feel like I get to see her passion come out pretty much every week and i love how yeah. she puts herself out there and explores and and yeah. and, and does that. that that's very inspiring mm -hmm. um mark you are also a very deeply passionate person about what you do mm -hmm. and so i wanted to like this is a great opportunity to get yeah. to just to hear a little bit of your story in greater detail i think i've heard bits and pieces of it over yeah. the last year and a half um but i wanted to start off by asking you um like how do you actually tell people like what you do in your position? Like when you say Dean of students, what does that mean to you personally? <laughs> like, I want you to like, just describe like, what do you feel like you actually do? Yeah. Yeah. I usually don't tell them what I do. because <laughs> <laughs> There's too many things that go on in my world, but, um, well, 
I usually talk about the things that make sense to people. So I'll tell them the areas that I'm connected with, yeah. you know, residence life and housing, commuter life, campus recreation, those kind of things. Yeah. And depending on the audience or who it is, I, I may go into more detail, you know, depending, um, yeah, just talking about different things with Title IX or campus emergencies or mm-hmm. um, the student experience, helping students who are struggling, you know, connections with parents at various times. So lots of different things like that. But I think my, uh, I, I think my hope and my goal of my role is that I would be able to do all that I can and be one person of many that helps students have the most amazing experience they can at George Fox. And a lot of that obviously is influenced outside of the classroom, which is where students spend the majority of their time. But, but we all know that if they're successful and being successful outside of the classroom, they're going to be more successful inside the classroom. And so anything that we can do to help them. So I, that's why I kind of don't, I I don't get hung up on titles or uh, here's what I do. It's, um, it's doing what God's given us to do to make the best we can for our students and to help them. And those are the ones that are doing well and the ones that are struggling and everyone in between. So how long have you been in the role? Can you remind Uh, me? The Dean role, this is my, let's see, I guess this would be my seventh. This is my 23rd year at Fox. So this will be my 17th year as the Dean. 17 years. Yeah. Do you, would you say that your role specifically as Dean of Students have shift has shifted in any significant way over those 17 years uh, it's kind of ebbed and flowed there's b- yeah. but some of the you know res life and housing has been the most constant piece you know in that area but mm-hmm. um i think in the last year and a half it's shifted the most it's been with the addition of commuter life and campus recreation so two brand new areas that we didn't have in existence previously and building those out hiring people staffing them um, that's been a really a lot of fun, taking a lot of time and energy, but it's been really rewarding to see the fruits of that. So, yeah. so when I hear 23 years, I'm like, Mark, you're old. <laughs> just, no. I started when I was five, so I'm only 28, <laughs> I'm just, really. No. <laughs> no, but like, man, what a breadth of experience and longevity. And I think that's becoming more, more rare. Like when you, when you hear 23 years, like, what do you feel like? What comes to your mind when you're like, man, I've been doing this for a very long time? Yeah, well, lots of things come to mind. Um, I think being at a place that you love doing what you love makes it feel like I just started. You know, it doesn't feel like 23 years. Um, So I I hope that my my experience and um, my love for Fox makes makes it a better place and in, in what in the areas that I can influence um, and makes it a great place for students to come and get an education and and really enjoy being a student at George Fox and for the employees that I get to work with that um, that they love what they do and that they feel fulfilled and they feel like they're in what God's called them to uh, to do and and becoming the person God's called them to become and all yeah. those things so yeah. so yeah I, I don't know I, I mean there's lots of things I I sometimes, I guess I don't want to be perceived as, oh, somebody who's been here this long and is not progressing forward and just staying, you know, like a doorstep. Is that a, is that a real, so, like, fear? Is that a uh, real, like, not, thought? Uh, not, I don't think it's a fear for me, but no. it's, the, I think that there's, there are times where in conversation with people, you know, there, there's been folks when they talk about people that have been here a long time in a negative light. And right. so that's, that's always a, 
concern for me because I, I've, but I feel like I've always surrounded my pe- myself with people that continue to keep things fresh for George Fox. And yeah. I hope I do too. I mean, yeah. I, I still love this place. I feel as passionate about it as I did the day I started uh, that many years ago. So, um, so I don't think it's a real, it's a, a fear per se, but I guess sure. I just, Almost like wisdom, though. Like, you're you're sensitive to that. You want to make sure that you do your best every right. single day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. being cognizant of those things, I think, totally. is important and not being... Um, not settling. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And you mentioned six years in, in addition to Fox. You were... Well, you were an undergrad student here at yes. Fox, right? Mm-hmm. You were an RA. Yes, for two years. Yeah. Yep. And then you became an AC. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... I did. I, I was at a college in Minnesota for two years. Yeah. So I worked um, as an assistant dean of men, which is like an AC just for totally. all the guys on campus. Really small school. Yeah. Um, was a great experience, but always wanted to come back and give back to George Fox because I felt like I was given so much when I was a student here. So um, so I was just at that college for two years and then um, an opening uh, position came open as an AC or was an RD back then. Yeah. Um, in the summer of 96 and I applied and uh, got hired thankfully so. summer of 96 yeah wow. yeah and I wanted to ask you like what were some of those defining factors that led you to pursue a career in like mm-hmm. student life like what, what were some of those experiences that you had as an RA I know you shared some yeah but like what also led you to you said Minnesota yeah and yeah. then back here to Fox like what attracted you to like pursuing those types of roles right outside of right undergrad? Yeah, well, my undergrad was in elementary education, yeah. and so I knew um, I loved kids, and I, I thought teaching would be a great career. Um, but I really knew once I got into the RA role that I I really enjoyed college students and um, making those connections and realizing the experience. So I was kind of having this experience as a student, but also thinking, wow, this is a great a great age to work with even more so than, than kids. And so, uh, the Dean of students, the person who's in, was in my role, um, back then, Sean McNay, um, he started meeting with me weekly and mentoring me. And he was the first person that ever said, have you ever thought about going into student life as a career? And I was like, no, cause I didn't know you could do that or I didn't know anything about that. So, yeah. so anyway, uh, it was a couple year process of him, just making those intentional connections with me, mentoring me, praying for me and with me, um, and really seeing things in me and believing in me uh, in ways that I, in just gifts that I didn't even know I had that he saw in me and he helped nurture those. And so, um, so for me, it was, it was that somebody believing in me and then the, the realization, this is something that I feel gifted in, that I feel passionate about, that I would love to do as a career. Now, I didn't know that many years ago that it would end up being this long in the in the field but i really felt like this is what i'm feel more called to do that my passions my gifts my strengths um all of those things kind of came to this congruency point in a sense uh, which is interesting because i think for a lot of people that may not happen until later on in life. It's like you get your education, you oh. find out really what you want to do. And 10 years down the road, you're kind of in this role that you really like. And for me, I think it happened almost right away of feeling like oh, I still have a lot to learn and I have learned a lot over the years, but, um, but really finding my passions, my gifts, my strengths really kind of aligned in this, this area of ministry for me. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of how 
the Lord, I really felt, led me into this. I mean, I think all those things that I just said are great, but it almost feels too more like the, um, it's something that I really felt called to do and really called to be in this work. Um, so, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. When you, you, when you talked about like the mentorship that you received, like reflect on that piece just a little bit more specifically, like how important was that when you were getting like external encouragement guidance from your mentor? Like, yeah. How, how much did that affect like the direction you would say? Yeah, I'm, I think it affected it a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say it was everything because there, there still has to be this of calling course, of, of God to, on your life. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was, I mean, if, if for any of us, if you think about our lives and when we, when someone believes in us, when they see things in us that we don't see and they say, I see this in you, I think you could do this. I believe in you. I mean, that's, that's huge. So, um, I think any of us would feel, you know, pulled in a direction, but, but ultimately I really felt like it was, it was God calling me into this work. And even when I graduated from George Fox, I had an opportunity, I was offered a position to be, uh, it was a full-time position, but part of it was being a youth pastor and part of it was working with Young Life, which is how I got saved. And so very passionate about that ministry as well. Yeah. And so here was this position that seemed like on the outside, a lot of people, it's like, boy, this is made for you, Mark. Why don't you do this? But really felt like student development was where I was supposed to be and working with college students. So, um, so had turned that down, you know, which is kind of like, why am I saying no to this great opportunity? But it was because I really felt called um, to be in this, you know, in this room. So, so I think all of us, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm in this, why you're in this, why all of us in student life, because we we see things in students that they don't see and we, we get to come alongside them, believe in them, care for them, love them, um, help them understand more of who God's made them to be and point them, help point them in the directions that they feel like God's leading them into. So yeah, on the note, like how, how do you visualize or how do you, how do you describe the student today? Like talk, talk to me about like the students that we serve mm -hmm. every day. Like, what do you think about? Yeah. What, what interests you? What, what gets you excited? What are the challenges? Yeah, I think there's a lot that gets me excited. Um, and I always think you guys are all more the experts than I am because you, you're so connected. Uh, you know, I, I am, but every day you're, you know, in, in meetings with them. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, there, I think it's very exciting. I mean, there's a lot that students bring to campus today too, that I think also, um, for a good chunk of them have hindered them in their, their development. And so that's why we get to come alongside and help them and to say, we care about you. We want to help you. So, um, I think they're a very passionate group, um, and really excited about making change in the world. Um, I think it is interesting, uh, how technology has changed the scope. I mean, I think of my experience as a student versus now it's very, some, the core values of George Fox and who we are and the student experience, a lot of that is still, there's a, a lot of key central things that are great and I think are the same, but how we, how it's lived out and with the way technology has changed things has made some things really cool and exciting, but it's also made it more challenging too, I think as well. So, um, so I think there's a, uh, 
there's always been a lot of great work to do in in the in student life, but I think there's even more so in this in, with the students we have coming to campus. Um, a lot of exciting things, and there's you know challenging things as well. I think the mental health stuff that we see is um, a significant concern, and I think. I don't know if it has increased in number, but there's certainly, it feels like there's more things that students are bringing to campus, at least that they're, they're being more open about um, today as opposed to 10, 15, 20 years ago. So. so let me ask you this. I want you to both put on your dean hat as well as your father hat, mm-hmm. which is, you mentioned something like students come in with various hindrances mm-hmm. and challenges as they dive into college life. Yeah. and their education mm-hmm. you're exposed to that a lot mm-hmm. but how, what translates over to you being a dad like what are, what are you planning and thinking about as you're raising your three daughters um what messages are you like saying i need to talk about this i want mm-hmm. to address this as a parent to help them be as successful as they can when when they get to that point of choosing colleges and things like that yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I joke with my wife. I said, I just don't want to screw them up so bad so that when they come to college that they're having to see people, you know, in student life talking about how their parents <laughs> were yeah. challenging. But no, in all seriousness, I, I think it does give me a, um, I don't know, a, an advantage. But you just see a lot more what students are bringing to camp. And so it helps us talk to, helps me talk to my daughters about you know, decisions that we make and, and if we're struggling with things or choices that, you know, uh, people make and how that can radically affect their, the trajectory of their lives. And so, um, so I hope it, I hope it makes me more aware. Um, but knowledge, having knowledge, obviously, and putting that into practice are two different things. So trying to, uh, it's, it's, fun to be able to talk to them about certain things that are going on with at school with them and then be able to translate that from things from my work um and um and hopefully it's teaching them good life lessons and and helping them um become all that god wants them to become especially as as young girls and and growing into women that god has amazing plans for them and i want them to to do all that God wants them to do and become all that God wants them to become. And so, and I don't, I want to hopefully be a person that can remove any barriers that they would encounter and face in life. So, um, is there a very tangible, like message or voice that you are very keen on that you're like, I do want to address this. I think this is pervasive. I think this is common. Is there something that comes to mind when you're thinking like, Oh yeah, especially young women in our culture. Um, Mm -hmm. You being a, do- uh, a hus- husband and father, yeah. uh, like what, what are those things, one or two things that, that really um, get you like fired up yeah. almost? Well, I think, I mean, <laughs> right now, you know, my, my daughters are third, fifth and seventh grade level. So there's, it's scaling, you know, what they're <laughs> yeah. experiencing. Yeah. But, you know, when, when they come home and and they say what a little boy said to them that they can't do or right. oh my whatever. Gosh. Yeah. So, you know, I have to t- dial it back because in my head I'm like, I'm going to go talk to that young boy's parents and we're going to have a conversation. That, totally. You know, so, but it's, you know, helping equip them. Like, okay, well, what did you say? And then how, 
let's play this out again. How could, if we, if this happened again, yeah. what else could you say? And yeah. so, but I, it's interesting because and I, I obviously know my three daughters the best. So, but it's, it's fun for me to see and hear the things that they've said and done. And, and right. the, I already feel like there's this confidence there. And I'm so like, good. I'm not sure how that got there, but I pray and hope that that continues. But so I think I, I want them to be confident and I want them to know that they're incredibly gifted and talented and that God is going to use them in amazing ways in their lives. And, um, and I want to do, like I said, I want to do all I can to remove any barriers from that. So I think what you just said is like something that I like is already on my radar, Mm -hmm. like the word confidence, like, you know, um, I'm having a daughter in January. Yes. Congrats. And I'm like, I'm already (laughs) thinking like, one of the most important messages that I want to be able to mm-hmm. communicate consistently throughout her life yeah. is that she's empowered mm-hmm. and that she can do whatever she wants to do. Right. And I think that's a, I, I can, I can only imagine like now that your, your oldest is seventh grade, like that's yeah. becoming more and more yes. of like a reality, mm-hmm. like a conversation where you can, yep. ha, you almost have fun as a yeah. dad, like really cheering on your, yeah. your kiddos. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. And we just had parent-teacher conferences too last week. So it's interesting to hear what others say about your kids yep. and, 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 and people that see them every day, you know, in the school day. So it's, it was actually really encouraging to Olivia and I and um, just the people that they're becoming and the people that they are yeah. when they interact with their peers and when they interact with adults at school. And so um, certainly no, none of us are perfect, but it's just fun to see see a little bit of the hopefully fruits of what we've been trying to to do but yeah yeah i think you downplay it but like i mean even for myself i've only been in student life for like six years and i'm already like i already feel so much more confident about like mm-hmm. how how i'm going to prepare my son my daughter for her teen for mm-hmm. their teens and for their college right. years yeah because i think like all stories have a, a roadmap of mm-hmm. how people arrive yeah. at Fox's campus yeah. and I'm always like, I always want to know their stories. Yeah. And I think, um, in the challenges that I often see or run into, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always trying to like almost deconstruct that. Like how do we make sure that we can yeah. not only affirm that particular student, but also learn from that and mm-hmm. help other students and especially our own children. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just wondering what, what do you feel like? So, so a couple weeks ago, I went to David Kinnaman's uh, seminar mm-hmm. on vocational discipleship. Yeah, and he was talking a little bit about both like early career and education and things like that. And he obviously presented a lot of his data on like Generation Z. I know Barn Research does a right. lot of that. Um, and he he said something very interesting, which is um, the most important priority mm-hmm. for today's freshmen, sophomore, juniors yeah. is financial independence. And that partially comes from their experience with the, the recession and, yeah. Um, um, and yeah, so like even beyond family and faith, there has been a shift towards making sure that they can be independent, financially viable, and get to a place they want to get to as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And then he said something interesting also about how education... The, the, the choice of what type of education to get or where to go is actually um, not being influenced 
significantly by faith. In, in other words, faith is not a differentiating factor for for people in general, mm-hmm. students in general, as they're as they're navigating what colleges to go to, what colleges yeah. to consider. I'm just wondering, like, have have you seen from your perspective, from your angle, a shift over the last 17 years in like how students approach education, what issues come up, um, what you're spending a lot of your time, especially those, t- those hard times and, mm-hmm. and, and dealing with struggles. And uh, what, are you seeing differences? Like, do you see like a shift from like when you first started as a dean? Yeah, um, good question. I, I think in some ways th- there's been a little bit of a shift, but I, you know, when it comes down to it, people we take a different approach, right? As a faith-based institution, we say we believe Christ to be at the center of everything. And yeah. whether students c- come with that background or not, yeah. um, and so that's going to influence all that we do, whether it's in, in the classroom, outside of the classroom, uh, everywhere at Fox, we want people to be influenced by faith and by, by the relationship with Christ. And so, so we believe, whether students believe it or not, we believe that that should influence decision on major career life, big life decisions, all those things that our faith should be the central component of that and, and, and seeking Christ in the midst of those decisions. And so, um, so I think it's, uh, I think it's imperative that we help students along that path, whether they see it or not. Um, now we, we could have conversation with students that says, well, I want to be, an engineer because I want this bigger salary and I want to make sure that I can take care of my family and independent of their faith. But then I think we get to come alongside, have those conversations. Well, that's great. And if that's what you want, but how does that match with align with your gifts? How does it align with what God's calling you to do? Um, so I, I think we, we get the opportunity to help them integrate their faith if, if they want, if they'll allow us to, um, into those decisions. So, but on that faith component, though, yeah. Mark, do you do you personally like notice that there is a either like a strain or resistance, like having the faith com- like conversation, mm-hmm. even like in a candid way or yeah. just more impromptu? It, has that become more or less awkward, um, harder in any way? Like, is is it harder to connect with students, like where you like I'm you know you've obviously grown older as well, but like yeah. just in terms of like connecting on the on that faith. Aspect. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know if it's become more difficult. I think it's, I think it's a, it's so central to who we are and so central to who I am as a person too. I I, I can't not bring that in the conversation, sure. even if someone doesn't b- believe that that should be part of the conversation. So that would yeah. I adjust my language to who I'm talking to? Well, yeah. I mean, some I'm gonna still be who I am, but also want to be sensitive to where they're at and if faith isn't part of the conversation have a conversation well why isn't it what does it does it make a difference does it not make a difference Mm -hmm. so so i'm not sure how much it's it's changed in my experience a lot of the students that i have had conversations with even this school year i think have been really open to those conversations even some yeah i'm thinking one in particular to the point where he was so honest and vulnerable with me about his faith and where he's at that he's he's not sure what he believes anymore and yeah. so and I was really thankful that he could be truthful with me and so we had a really good conversation about that and where where he's been and what's 
led him to that point. But um, I think there's more that clamors for the attention and time of our students, technology being one of those things that make faith a, for some, maybe less of a priority. Um, and I would say, I say that as language that I've heard from people, not what I would say, but um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of conversations that we get to have that are, that are really around that. And that, um, to me, it feels like they've always been there. It's maybe some of the, the issues and challenges have changed a little bit, but there's still people who need to be cared for and loved and, um, and, and also have guidance from us. And, and so, so I wanted to get a little bit more personal. Yeah. Um, Tell me, like, what is leadership to you, and how do you navigate that word, that concept? Yeah. Um, there's so many things that I could say, but um, I mean, I think leading people is a—it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's a humbling thing to do. But I think it's. Um, you know, to say to a, to people you're leading, this is who we are and what we're about, and this is the direction we're heading, and you get to help shape and craft that. Um, I feel like, no, you and others would be able to tell me more. I feel like I'm a collaborative leader and really want yeah. to. I don't feel like I, you know, I, so I've been here 23 years, big deal. I, I don't feel like I have the corner on the market of A, B, C, D of higher education. You know, um, I always feel like the more voices we have around the table that are diverse bring a greater perspective and you know like even when you came two years ago coming from Moody and the experience that you've had and um, that Christina has and Elizabeth you know everybody that brings a different perspective uh, you know makes uh, leadership a, 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 I think a better thing so um, so so I guess I would say I'm grateful for the opportunity I have to to lead in the area that I that I have, but trying to help people say this is our common goal, this is our common vision, and let's talk about how do we make that happen. And in that, everybody gets to to bring who they are, their gifts, their passions, uh, their strengths into this mix. And so, I think sometimes some people want uh, leading or leadership to be this really linear thing. It's like, we're here and we're going to get to here and this is how we're going to do it. But for me, it's kind of, there's gray in there. There's, there's, Oh, this happens. So this is going to change how we're going to lead. Um, that's why people sometimes will ask me, so what, if, if this situation happens, what would we do? Mm -hmm. I can tell you, but, but I also can't tell you everything because what if this happened in that situation or this happened? And so it will change the direction that we go. So, but I think having those core values, that sense of, of integrity, of character, of caring about people, all of those kind of hallmarks of, you know, kind of what I feel leadership to be, uh, you know, it's more about who I am as a person and that's going to, my core values, my character, my integrity are going to, they're going to come out in leadership for good or for bad and um hopefully that's a consistent thing to say no matter what come really challenging things or come great things we're still leading in this direction so 
I don't know if that's too pie no, in the sky, great. but no. But like, okay, so is there a like a a northern star kind of leadership principle that you just that that you're guided by? That's concise. Like, what is what what is something? What is one of your core values? Yeah, um, I mean, I think I don't have one core principle. No, no, but, but like, what is one? I mean, I think one of them for me in the student life realm, in this, when I originally learned this, it was, I always thought it was students, but I really feel like it translates into people you work with too, yeah. is that model of challenge and support, which is something I kind of learned in grad school um, and a theory by Nevitt Sanford that talked about, you know, if you have too much challenge and not enough support, people aren't going to succeed. And if you have not enough challenge and have a lot of support, they're not going to grow and flourish. So, so I feel like there's this appropriate level of challenge and support. And mm-hmm. so being able to get to know someone and understand how much that, because for some people, you're gonna be able to challenge them a lot more than others with where they're at at that current time. But, right. but being able to, to, to provide that appropriate amount of challenge and support so people can grow and thrive and navigate through life and the things that they're experiencing appropriately so that they'll be able to grow and thrive and not feel overwhelmed or not feel challenged or anything in between. So cool. Yeah. Looking into the future, to the next 17 years mm-hmm. of your, uh, your career, yeah. like what kind of things come to mind? Like what, what are some of your goals or, or ambitions, whether they're professional or personal in life? Yeah. Um, you know, I think with the changing nature of higher ed and how fast things with technology, especially how fast things are changing, I think for me, and I certainly don't have all the answers at all, um, but it's exciting to me to think about how can we do this work that we do and remain core to who we are while also um, changing with being with all the technology things that are changing, with being more innovative and in how we do things. So to me, it feels like an exciting conversation to have as a professional staff too. Um, I don't know if you caught the all employee meeting uh, last did. week, but yeah. what Rob Westerbelt presented and I was so interesting. I know. So I really want to have a conversation with our team about that because I think what, I think we've got great minds around the table that can say, what about this? Or what about this? Or, okay, we do it this way. Why do we do it this way? How, what if we did it this way? You know, and, and, and really look at how we can, and I know this is right up your alley, but leveraging technology to help serve students and make the student experience better. So, um, so I think there's exciting things, what that looks like. I have no idea. Um, but I'm excited to be along on the journey and to, to continue to learn and grow. Um, I think that's one of the things I love about higher ed and I love about my role is I no two days are ever the same and there's always there's constant growth and learning and challenges. Um, you don't feel like it's cyclical? <laughs> no. Well, the, well, there's there's cyclical <laughs> aspect, but then there's the ones that are that's so good that, that you know I I yeah the school year is cyclical and there's certain things each you know different times of the year, but I also think that there's um, there's so much that that keep it fresh and I. I was just talking to somebody recently. I, I, I don't know if I could work at a school that just stayed the same because um, I just don't feel like, I feel like one of the things about me that I've learned about myself in the last probably five to 10 years is I like change more so as I've gotten older, which is kind of the opposite. So Usually people like kind of want to get settled in yeah. ways, but yeah. but I I've, I've felt like 
I know that change brings growth and I want to keep growing in personally and professionally. And so, um, so to look at how can we do this better and, and continue to change and grow. So, so I'm excited for the future. I don't know what it holds, what it looks like. I don't know what the, you know, the, the next 17 years hold or how many every years I'll, I'll be at George Fox, but I, I know I want to keep growing and pursuing the mission of the institution. And if, you know, if, if I, if I get to a point where I feel like I can't do that, then I want to, I want to move on to let somebody else do, do that. Cause our students are, are worth it. You know, they, they need to have the best um, people that we can to help them lead into this next, you know, 10, 20 years. Cause there's going to be a lot that happens probably more so and more rapid change than we've experienced uh, that I experienced in my first, you know, 25 years total of being in higher education. So, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. So I have some rapid fire questions to kind of round out yes. our time together. Are you interested in answering these questions? Possibly. <laughs> there may be someone I say, no, I can't answer that one. No, this is going to be good. No. Some of them are like, I stole from inside the actor studio. Have you uh-huh. ever seen, uh-uh. uh, what's his name? James Lipton. Uh-uh, He's, some, so. of the, some of these questions are like that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're not, you're not familiar, so you don't yeah. know what they <laughs> yeah. will be. So you can... Like, it's just the kind of like the first thing that comes to your mind as you're answering these questions. Is this like, okay. a, is this like a one-word answer? Is it <laughs> some of them are. Okay. Some of them are. Okay. But, um, so one-word answers are appropriate. Gotcha. Let me, I'll put it that Sweet. way. Sweet. Good. All right. So first, I have 12 questions. Okay. One for each of the tribes okay. of Israel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what Enneagram type are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not big on all these tests for one. But I'm like a tie between one, two, six, and nine. Like I know okay. all, all the people that are going to be listening to this will be like analyzing me because of what I am. Because well, people happening. are really good at that. I know. <laughs> so yeah, but one, one and two are like the same, and then six and nine are like one or two points beyond. So okay, okay. so wow. you can analyze me from that. I don't do that. I don't. That's like a <laughs> is uh, that a Liz Simmons? That's thing? a taboo. Okay. Like I, well, everyone keeps saying. Don't type other people. I know. Don't let, let them speak for themselves. So That's I, I'll right. keep it That's there. Right. Nice. I'll keep it there. Most favorite word. Most favorite word? Mm-hmm. Hmm. What's your favorite word? That's interesting. Um, this is a, this is one of those inside the actor studio questions. Yeah. I I don't know. First one that came to mind when you said that was character. So, oh. but I don't know. Least favorite word. Hatred. Mm. Favorite sound. My wife or my girl singing. Mm, that's good. That's yeah. good. Who inspires you? I know many people say this, but I mean, Jesus was the best inspiration. I mean, that's why I live. That's why I do what I do. And I mean, somebody giving your life for me giving your life for all of us is is incredibly inspirational so favorite book i mean i i definitely think the bible because it is god's word and it's his instruction i mean there's a lot of great authors that have that bring a lot to enriching life but favorite subject or topic you you had an l ed undergrad yeah degree what's your favorite topic or subject to teach or talk about i 
That's tough. There's so many things. I mean, I love talking about leadership and, and how do you, how you lead. Um, I also think with students particularly, I really enjoy having conversations about uh, life, career, calling, future. Um, It's fun because I feel like students look at us and they like, you just knew what you wanted to do and you followed that path. And it's like, no, that's, that's not how it works at all. You know, it's seeking the Lord. I mean, very few people, you know, when they're six years old, say, I want to be a doctor and they go through and they become a doctor and that's what their whole career is about. So um, so I think helping people navigate those conversations and and understanding their calling is really fun. You're a one. <laughs> What's that? I said you're a one. <laughs> See, there I'm you are putting me in the I'm box. I knew it. I knew it would come out. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite, so I do that. <laughs> Favorite tool or object that you carry around with you frequently? Ooh. Are you a gear person, Mark? A what? A gear person. Do you like I, gear? I do like gear, I, but I, I, I'm not a carrier around, I, that I carry around. I, something that uh, probably many people don't know about is I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a craftsman. I love making things out of wood or metal. I grew up, my dad had a metal fabrication shop. So um, if you come to my house, I have tons of tools. Like, uh, and so, but I, it's, it's, the tools aren't the thing. It's what I get to build with it. Like I built a farmhouse table for my family that I, that's been just fun. It was fun and getting ready to build a bed right now and some other things. So I love, uh, I love envisioning something and designing it and crafting it and using it. Um, so I feel like you're, you're more into the skill rather than like anything that you would produce. Like you do like things, but like you like the fact that you can actually build things. Yeah, yeah, I love that part of it. I don't need a bunch of stuff or things in life. I, I, but I love being able to create and, um, yeah, just being a. You're not like craft. particular about uh, like a, a type of pen that you have to write with. Or oh well, a notepad. Abs- well, absolutely. There's, like what there, is? What are those things? It's, What's it's your favorite a, pen? I wish I had one on me, but it's a Uniball Microfine. I've got them in my desk. I've got a those box. Those were invented like 80 years ago. No, they these, haven't changed no since. these are really good ones. Come by and I'll give you one. And I don't give them to just anybody, <laughs> just so you know. So, Favorite brand or company? Not Fox, please. Favorite brand? <laughs> Besides we yourself. We get it. Uh, got it. Um, I don't... This, this may sound really weird, and I... I mean, I have lots of different brands of tools or things that I, I, I appreciate, but I think, I feel like in this day and age, customer service, you think everybody knows it's important, but I feel like it's kind of gotten worse in our society and culture than it's gotten better. And so I think Dutch Bros does it right. And it's, which is such a yeah. funny thing. Yeah. It's like, every time you go there, they, they take care of you. If something, there's, if they made a drink wrong or whatever, they, they take care of their customers. And I just... I think more people need to be more like that. It's like, let's, let's take care of the people that are our customers. And so I think that type, whatever they do in their, their training, I mean, I know some people get annoyed by how friendly they are or whatever, but I, I think they are very, they're very good at what they do. So they're not necessarily my favorite brand of coffee or anything, but just the, but yeah. the culture. That was the first thing. Yeah. The, the culture. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So. Favorite or most used app. Most used app. Which is funny from the non-techie person. Um, I mean, you can objectively answer this question by checking your phone. Let's check my phone. And then don't they have, they have that thing, yeah, right, that you can tell. It's my that, favorite tool now. Yeah, that should check what you, I don't know. Um, you go into settings. I don't, is it settings? Yep, and then you go to. I mean, 
Google is what I use the most. So, I, so that's that's like, not. What do you mean, like the actual official search yeah, app? Yeah, yeah, the search app. So that's what it is. So, so I know I'm lame. No, no, that's awesome. You're a learner. My is learner in your top five? My, no, my wife will want to cut this part of the interview out if she was here. So, what I'm talking. No, um, learner is n- is not in my top five, okay. but I. I still feel like I love to learn, so even though it's not my top five. By the way, these have become mildly rapid fire questions. Yeah, mildly rapid. Does that mean I'm going too slow? Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) You said it. I didn't say anything. (laughs) Question 11. You you insinuated it, though, I think. This is a little bit harder. It might require a little bit more thought. When do you feel the strongest? You can answer that whatever whatever way you want. The strongest? Personally or professionally or either 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 way? When do you feel the strongest? This may sound really weird, um, and I may deny it at some other time, but <laughs> no, I, I've, and part of it's because my wife has said this to me, and I think people have said this to me as well. So, but I, I feel like I'm s- strong when there's crisis or crap's hitting the fan. That's, um, yeah. Kind of like, did you ever see Band of Brothers? Huh. How the, the leader of that, that, that built, um, World War II mm-hmm. company, that leader was would basically answer it like that, like yeah. regular life, kind of just whatever. Yeah. But when it comes to battles and crisis, yeah, I know how to lead. I know I, I yeah. feel strong. Yeah. So you feel that way? Yeah. I, it, when I talk about it right right now, I would think, no, I don't want to go into a crisis. No, I don't that's want, not the same I thing. I don't want to. I don't. Or I would say, oh, that feels um, really hard or challenging. But I realize in it that I feel like it's making good decisions to help mm-hmm. resolve the issue or help the people involved. Yeah. And so, um, so, and I feel like that's something that's been affirmed by a lot of different people, personally and professionally, in different situations. And yeah. um, I remember several years ago when I was on uh, leave for one of our children was born and a couple really challenging thing happens on campus. And I came back and the first thing that Dave said to me was, don't you ever leave again. And so I took that as a compliment because he wanted me there in some of those really challenging things that they were facing. And so, so yeah, it's not what I would choose, but mm-hmm. I love helping people through it. So yeah. that's not a very rapid fire answer. is it? No, but by the way, like, I mean, I really buy into this new type of strength theory. It's not just what you're good at. Is actually what you feel best at doing. Yeah, that's why yeah. I asked it like that. Yeah. So what is, what's the flip side? When do you feel like you're at, at your weakest? Weakest. Um, I don't know. I think the thing that, per, I professionally was the first thing that came to mind, but. Um, Knowing, leading people into the future and knowing where we're going, having a strategic vision or mission, I feel like I, it's an area that I care a lot about, but I don't feel like I always know. And maybe it's because, like I said earlier, it's, it's, there's, there's things that happen along the way that, that change it, but, but really, um, I don't feel like I'm the, the best at having this grand vision and just knowing exactly. I mean, obviously I buy into the mission of George Fox and, um, I hope I'm able to articulate that in our, you know, sphere in student life, but, but I don't always feel like I'm the best. And that's why I feel like I need more people around me that are, that, 
the more voices we have into that, I think the better that will become. I don't know if that makes sense. No, but that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. Mm-hmm. Um, what quote? I don't know if you love quotes or anything. Like, what quote has had an impact on you? What quote is that? Yeah. You can paraphrase it as well. It's yeah. A, I'm, I am not a quote person. I'll just say that up yeah. front. Um, I think. Um, the one that comes to mind is Jim Elliott when he's um, Chariots of Fire when he's talking to his sister and he says you know Jenny God made me fast and when I when I run I feel his pleasure Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think I think just knowing that that's we all want to feel God's pleasure because I think that's when we feel the most alive and we feel the most like this is what I'm called to do. And so, um, so I think knowing that in myself, helping people, others identify that in themselves is key to feeling God's pleasure, which will make us the most fulfilled. I believe that we can be, um, other things are temporary, but feeling God's pleasure and knowing we're at the center of his will is, is paramount in my mind. So, well, that's it. Boom. Mark, thank you did so I, did much. I, did I pass? How did you feel? Uh, good. Felt like I talked way too much, though. Oh, it's not true this, at all. It's a perfect no. amount of talking. <laughs> so, no, thanks for, for doing it. You guys are doing a great job with this. Yeah. And Grant finally got me. Cause for some reason, I when I pull it up on um, iTunes on my computer, it won't play. Like, I push play and it just spins. So Grant just got me connected with, speaking of technology, on the podcast on my phone. So now I can... Pull it up, Mark. We gotta get. Listen. We gotta do the whole, the whole works with you. Gotta get these social media apps going oh, for man. you. If we did that, We're I gonna, need somebody to manage it for me. So I'd have to hire someone to help. I'm just. It's, it's just. I'm not as gifted as you men in that area. So I know that about myself. So I mean, gifted is a stretch. <laughs> this is not about being gifted. I just like. I don't know how people find time to do it all because I can barely find time to do the, the regular life stuff and then to have all the social media stuff on top of it. I know well, I should be better at it. But. but I think you're bringing up a really good point, maybe unintentionally, which is if it feels like that, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like it has to serve a purpose and it has right. to actually get you to the goals and the actual things that you want in life. Right. Like that's what technology should always be. Yeah. And I get on my soapbox a lot because I think what I have a hard time hearing is just a lot of people who are not familiar, familiar with technology. Yeah. Kind of like almost... Um, like making it look bad. Yeah. And I, I like a perfect like kind of stereotype that I often think about is like pastors mm-hmm. who have never even tried to make technology more effective yeah. in doing incarnational stuff or right. doing things that are helpful for other people and serving right. other people. Yeah. They've never even really considered that. They've just only seen the consumer side of technology, yeah, like how social media is a platform for people to just be selfish or right. kind of narcissistic. Yeah, I think there's another side to technology which Absolutely. has definitely yeah. sprouted a lot of cool things that we can do with that. Mm-hmm. This podcast is one of those examples. Right. Of like, I really love the fact that we're not on like talking to each other on a computer, but that we're in a coffee yeah. shop together, and we're able to take our conversation, which I think is extremely interesting and yeah. would be beneficial for others to hear as well. Yeah. Um, and then like multiplying that. And yeah. I think that is, I see a picture of good stewardship in the future of like how we use technology, but if it yeah. feels like it's an add on, if you don't feel like there's a purpose yeah. to that, you're probably right. It's just, it's just, we also need to be challenged and grow and learn sure. 
how to leverage technology the way that we personally want to use it, not other, not how other people use it. Yeah. So when I think about, so if you think about like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the same thing rather mm -hmm. than three different tools, like you know, you yeah. have a set of tools in your tool set, right? Yeah. They all have different purposes and, right. and things that you can do, and it makes life easier. Yep. You wouldn't just hang on to a tool that was just arbitrary and yeah. ineffective in actually helping you create something. Yeah. It's, I think technology is the same way. Yeah. And so I think that's the mindset that I love challenging. And, um, you know, with all the stuff that we're talking about, especially that all employee yeah. meeting, I'm yeah. excited about what we actually can right. do to Definitely. better serve our students. Absolutely. Talk about education, talking about access, yeah. talking about the, dem democrat uh, the democracy of like how we actually yeah. educate each other. Right. And yeah. we do it in community. Yeah. I think all of those values stay true, um, even yeah. with technology added to the yeah. mix. Yeah. Anyways. No, it's very true. Dean, Mark Potoff, thank you so much for your time this morning. Um, you know, it, it's such a, a joy. And like like I said, like this is kind of a, like almost a fulfillment of like what I love doing day in and day out is having these um, provocative, insightful conversations. Yeah. And thank you so much for being a part of uh, this podcast. This is An Educated Life. You can find us on Anchor, you can find us on iTunes, you can find us on Google uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast distribution. Yeah. Um, I am Minsu Choi. You can find me on social media at I am Minsu Choi. If you have any questions, if you have any feedback, we would love that in message form, in 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 text, whatever. Um, we thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.